What a weird thought. You know, I was, I was just feeling that. Like, you come and you act like, yeah, you need to come and give something to the Lord. But sometimes I think what we, what we think is like, God needs me to bring my talent. No, God just needs you to bring you. Your talent. He's got angels that sing better than you. I, like, I hate to break it. I've heard some of you sing. And in heaven, you'll have a perfect voice. But just empty what you have. You can't sing on key. Nobody cares. That's why the music is so loud. We've heard you sing. We just want you to get loud and just empty yourself every week. And when you empty yourself, then God has something to fill, you know. As a pastor, I can tell if I'm preaching to a congregation that already has a full cup, I can't get anything in there. I'm just like force feed a turkey here to try to like, man. But when, when you come and you're in an empty place where like you, you need the Holy Spirit to show up because you don't have what it takes to get through next week. And you come with that expectation of what that does, that pulls heaven down to us. And where we get to this place where we're thankful for what the Lord, he didn't throw you out and he knows everything about you and he loves you and gave you a family and gave you this family. And you get to come here, just empty yourself like I do every week. You know, even, even the sermons I preach, I've prepared a lot for these. But I, I don't preach a full sermon. I preach an empty one. And I just let the Holy Spirit kind of show me where it goes. Because each service that I preach is different. Because each person is different. And the need is different. And i just like, yeah. okay, whatever you want, Holy Spirit. That's why we fight so hard in this church for unity. And yeah. fight so hard to serve the, the city. And... We're going to announce it later. But I just feel like I need to say it right now. That's... Um, Every Christmas we try to bless a family in need that's hurting, maybe more than your family is hurting. And, and uh, because of your generosity, Venue Church, this is just one of the things that, many things that we're doing right now. You'll hear about it later. We get to bless a family with these gift baskets here. I forgot they were on stage. So like, I, I gotta remember, there's like a $400 Walmart gift card in there and gas cards for, and, and I don't even know, what? restaurants and sweaters and fun socks because pastor Aaron had something to do with maybe that, but the Lockhart's put this together thing and they just like, and we're just spoiling a family that needs a little bit of encouragement this Christmas. We can't do it for everybody. Cause I know you're like, I'm in need. I like Walmart. Amen. If you're this family, you're just like, you know, we don't want to embarrass anybody, but sometimes we just, you just got to help somebody. And uh, so thank you. Um, this sermon series I'm, I'm starting right now is called Be the Donkey. Because, you know, I was thinking about some of you and... I'm going to open this um, series with a story about Jesus riding a donkey. And there's really two characters in the story. And sometimes at Christmas, you want Jesus to be you. You know what I mean? Or at least baby Jesus. And so it's kind of about you and your vacation days and your, you know, like, I don't have to go to work for a little bit or, you know, I, I get Christmas turkey that my mom makes. And like, it's a little about Christmas turkey. I'm not going to lie. But there's this thing about like what I'm getting and it's about me and it's about, well, in this story here, you know, you don't get to be Jesus at Christmas or any other time. So I'm just going to save your wife from telling you. Um, it's just, it's called uh, be, the, be the Donkey. And um, I think you've got it in you to be a Christmas donkey this year. I'm just loving this whole thing, by the way. 
Not like the Christmas donkey at, you know, like your uncle when he drinks too much at Christmas time. Not like that kind of a donkey. Um, you know, you know, Sean blessed me this morning. He, uh, when Pastor Aaron and I were out walking, we didn't know until the other service that I'm like, Sean, did you walk right in front of us during the prayer thing? And he's like, oh, that was you guys? I'm like, you're so weird. Like, you're introverted. He just eyes down, probably not looking around. So it's funny, though, because we go out to pray for you, um, Pastor Aaron and I do. And he was out praying for you, probably praying for us, too. We were praying for them. And I just love it. He, he gets out in front of us. And after a while, we're kind of watching him. Not like creepy watching him. This is behind my house, by the way. So I'm not sure what you're doing behind my house. We have a walking path there. We live close to each other. But it's just that, that beauty of, of family and that beauty of like, he's out praying, we're out praying. It's just something kind of special. So anyways, he's my accountability partner. You're like, what, what do you need accountability for? Because I'm a mess, guys. I'm a mess. Um, you know, in just a, a few short weeks here, we're not doing Christmas Eve services. We're doing Boxing Day service, which is on a Sunday. So that's going to be our Christmas party, kids party. Every kid gets a gift. So like bring neighborhood kids. And, um, and in that building that's right there, we're just about finished. We're just about in there. You know, I walked past this morning. I walked in, and I remember the first time I was here. And this building has been great for us. But one thing we don't have over there is a brown locker, and then a yellow locker, and then a red locker, and then an orange locker, and then another brown one. And, like, all the things. Like, it's decorated up. It's done right. Have you been in there? Have you been in there? Like, it is just about there, and we're ready to go. So, um, Somebody is using you to transport things to people and people to places. Be the donkey. Somebody is already using you to be the donkey. Um, somebody's using you to transport things to people and people to places. You're a vehicle for something. When you walk into a room, what comes in there with you? You know, when the door opens and it's Quinn, like what comes in the room with you when 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 the text comes up and it's Gail, what comes in there with you? Yeah. What do people? What do you leave in the room? What are you bringing with you? If you're taking people somewhere, where are you taking them? Yeah. You know where are they going if they're with you? And uh, let me just open this. Thanks, Sean. You're a blessing to us. We just went on vacation with these guys. That was pretty fun. Um, yeah, vacation. We should all do that. Yeah. I should go on another one right now. Um, <laughs> Look, for this Christmas, I just want to set the bar really low so that we can all do it. Just be a good Christmas donkey. How's that? Uh, here's a story from, uh, from Luke. Um, Luke records this in Luke 19. After telling this story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. There's so much in this here. I have a few texts that I want to read today, so I want to jump in. Um, he's walking ahead of his disciples. I thought that was good. Just stop there just for a minute. Jesus walking ahead of his disciples. You know when you get lost? When you're walking ahead of Jesus, yeah. am I right about that? Right. And then you're like, you get down the road and you're like, what God, what, where did you go? And he's like, oh my goodness, where did I go? Um, as he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Now, if you're a disciple of Jesus, uh, and I, like I am, maybe you're new to church or new to God, you're coming back, but disciples of Jesus, when Jesus asks you to do something, there are some jobs that he asks you to do that you don't particularly like. And these guys, um, watch, watch this. They didn't get the glorious duty today. They got put on donkey duty. Go into that village over there, he told them. 
As you enter it, you'll see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. So, and I, I need to say this. Did you know that no matter what you've done and what has been done to you, and there's this idea here that Jesus wants to ride what's really ultimately the cult of a donkey that no one has ever ridden. And can I say this, that, that if you go through Freedom Group or you get free from the past, you can't say hi to tomorrow until you actually go through the past. But all the suffering and all the pain of your life or betrayal or whatever you had to face or abuse, if that's your, case, your story, all of that, when you go through it, you feel like, you know, you've been ridden around. And, you know, they used to say when I was a kid watching basketball, he beat him like a rented mule. It feels like that sometimes. <laughs> Do you get that? Like a rented mule? I thought that was hilarious. I, I grew up watching like Michael Jordan and, and the Bulls. Yeah, well, sometimes life, the grind gets to you. You start feeling like that, like another day, another lunch, another diaper, another boss that doesn't like me, another friend that hurts me, you know. There's a return, there's this idea that Jesus wants to ride into town on a donkey, uh, the colt of a donkey that no one has ever ridden. I think he can return you to that place of naivety and innocence. And I think that he can bring a purity back into your life so that all the pain and suffering actually brings glory to his name. And you become a new creation. Old things have passed away. There's that in there. Now, it says, um, go into that town, donkey duty boys, uh, and, and find that, untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say the Lord needs it. So this actually is, is there's a donkey and then the donkey's colt. And, and what he's saying is go and untie the both of them and bring them here. And you're like, okay, because if you grew up in Sunday school, you've read this before. You're like, oh, this makes perfect sense. Okay, today, this is what it's like. You go into my garage and you fire up my Ducati. Okay. And when I, when, when I come out into the garage and I'm like, what are you doing, man? And this is what Jesus tells his disciples. He's like, hey, Edwards, go into pastor's garage and fire his Ducati up. And when he comes out, he's like, what are you doing? Say, the Lord needs it. <laughs> and, and, and he's going to bring the donkey too. So it's like, and the Lord needs the keys to your Explorer out there. I'm taking them both. That's what it's like. So sometimes uh, God sends you on donkey duty as a disciple and you don't like it. Because you got to do some weird stuff. <laughs> Hey, go over and forgive your boss. I don't want to forgive my boss. Yeah, I don't care. God is like, just forgive him. You know, you get put on donkey duty. You got to go and do something and say something that God wants you to say to somebody that doesn't make sense to you. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners are like, guys, what, what are you doing? Um, and the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. Try it sometime if your neighbor has a nice lawnmower or something. I'm going to try that with my neighbors. My neighbors don't like love the Lord, but we'll see. Maybe if they gave me their lawnmower, they'd start. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. So catch this, catch this. So they brought the colt to Jesus and they, then they took their garments. Now they didn't, they didn't shop at Winners, so they didn't have much for, for clothing. They might've had like two garments, sets of garments, like, you know what I mean? They're like factories. And so they're taking off something that's very precious to them. And they're throwing their, their cloaks on this donkey. Um, now, if you're a bad donkey, you think that when God sends people to you to throw a, a, a cloak on you so that Jesus can actually ride you, you think that that's about you. Um, 
Then it says, then it says uh, as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. So sometimes God will do this for you too. But then if you're a bad donkey or a bad disciple or a bad follower of Jesus, you know, or you're just in a bad headspace, you think that this is about you now because your feet hurt on the road. And it's nice when people throw their garments out and you get a like, get a softer. No, no, no. When God sends somebody to you to throw something down, it's not, it's not so that it's easier on your feet. It will be easy on your feet, but that's not what it's about. It's about leveling out your human nature so that Jesus could actually ride you someplace. Because you're a bumpy ride for Jesus. I hate to say it, but I know some of you. And y'all are bumpy rides for Jesus. And sometimes God sends people who give you gifts and who like soften the path. And like, it's not about you. See, donkeys don't get worshipped. They just get ridden. I'm going to help you this Christmas. I'm not going to be able to make your life easier. I'm just going to make you stop being asked to be treated like Jesus. And be treated like a donkey. Because then you'll understand. And then you'll get it and be like, oh, this is the purpose of this trouble I'm in. This is why it's a little bit difficult. This is why... It's to soften the ride for Jesus into somebody's life. Come on now. This is a good preaching, Pastor. Yeah, Pastor's right. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives. Now, the Mount of Olives, at the foot of the Mount of Olives, was the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, this is just days before. This same crowd is going to be yelling, crucify him. You know, like this is a very weird time, you know. Um, but for right now, it's kind of a triumphant moment. It says all his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along. Praising God for all the wonderful miracles they've seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven. Glory in the highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees, some of the church folk, I often, do you know that the only people I really offend are church people? It's like shooting fish in a barrel. It's not hard to offend people who go to church. I mean, unchurched people love it here. They're like, oh, you make fun of church people. We do that. I think church people take themselves too seriously because we forget that we're just the donkey, you know? And, um, and the Pharisees, who were like leaders of the church um, at the time, who didn't recognize Jesus, they're like, they said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. Like, hey, we want a piece of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so much I could say about that to church people, but I'm not going to. Um, he replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. So it, it, that's a scripture that, that led me. You know, I'm like, yeah, we're a master church, but sing. Because, I mean, if, if you won't sing, that stone's, that you, the donkey's walking on, that stone's going to start singing because that's our job is to sing. Yeah. And I just felt at the time, I'm like, yeah, no, no. Hey, I'm all about, like, not dying from COVID. But, man, if we stop singing, we lose the glory of the Lord. We lose yeah. the awe and the sense. And then all we've got is what the problems we've got. And we cannot. You cannot fix the problems of the world around you. You need Jesus to do that. And there's this awe and worship that we're like, we're brought into the presence of one who can turn anything around and and bring salvation out of anything. Somebody is using you to transport things to people and people to places. What comes into the room with you? Have you ever thought of the impression that you make? Like when the phone rings, when, when the door opens and it's you coming into your small group, like what do you bring in with you? What do, what do, what do people feel when you're around them? What do you bring? Because you can bring like good things and then you can bring other things. You know, some of you, I was thinking about this, this is the word picture I had. Some of y'all have like a gift, and it's not a great gift, of bringing like, you bring an actual donkey called Eeyore in with you. <laughs> I wah, wah, wah. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. I'm probably going to get sick and die later today. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> come on. Oh, my boss did it again. 
you know, like, oh my goodness, we ran out of milk. Because <laughs> there's not 87 stores in Airdrie that you can drive to and get milk. Like, oh my goodness, you know. There's this spirit of something that you just drag. Man, you just, we, we, I preached a series about emotional vampires. We said like, hey, yeah, just be yourself unless you suck. Go walk into the room and suck all the energy and the emotion out of the room. You're supposed to bring the joy. My daughter, Neela, can I brag on my kids a little bit? Like I tell stories about them all the time. Let me brag on them too. My daughter, Neela, man, she brings, she's like, she brings the anointing of Tigger into a room. She's like, burr, burr. I bounce, 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 bounce. It's like first thing in the morning, bounce, bounce. Dad, she says, how did you sleep last night? Your kids don't do that. How did you sleep last night? I said, excellent. Thank you for asking. It's just the weirdest conversation. She's like, she's just geared to bring joy to people. And every day, uh, Pastor Aaron and I, we go out and pray. We're like, Lord, the joy of the Lord, protect the joy of the Lord in her life. That she just brings this, man, if, if she didn't bring that joy of the Lord in, man, we'd be like, we'd have a little Eeyore in our house, you know, too much of the spirit of Eeyore. There's this thing that she brings in with her. That's just the joy of the Lord. Now, you need people who have the joy. Of the, is that what you bring though? Or... I know, what do you bring into the room? Some people, when they come into a room, they, um, maybe this is you, you suffer from maybe like a lack of, uh, like imagination. This is a weird sermon, by the way, but I just feel like it's going to hit, I don't know. <laughs> like, I just got to preach what the Holy Spirit tells me, and it always makes sense. And people always come up after, and they're like, how did you know? I'm like, I don't know. The Holy Spirit just tells me to do stuff, and I try to do my best to do that. And, and uh, but some people, they just got no imagination, you know? Their whole life was like one plus one equals two. Yeah, well, what if one of the ones is the Holy Ghost? It doesn't equal two anymore. You know? It's like, well, you can only do this with that, and we can only do that, and we can only keep our expectations down, and we can only do this, and we can, you know what I mean? Some people like you, you live your whole life, and I feel like all you see is the donkey's rear end in front of you. There it is, I said it. I was thinking it, and I said it. Man, your life is just in the grind. All you see is just the donkeys in front of you. That's all that you can see. Every day, it's just like, here we go again. I just, you just lack the creativity to get you out of that, that thing. But some people, God will send to you that have this, they just think different than you think. Because you get bogged down. Like, did you know that every personality type gets bogged down with certain things? I do too. It's hilarious. I get bogged down with really tiny things, which is... Hey man, put me in the middle of a storm or send people to shoot at me. I'm great. Like you want me on your team. Like if zombies attack, follow me and you won't die. If you don't follow me, you're going to die. I've watched the movies, but I'll tell you, it's the little things. And there's just these things that in the grind that get you, you know, they get you, they work you up too much. And, uh, my daughter, Katie, she thinks different than anybody thinks that I know. And I got some weird stuff floating around in here. And some of the stuff she says, I'm just like. I have never seen it that way before. That's right. <laughs> it's this creativity. It's this other thing of like, oh, there's a whole other world out there that I don't even understand. God is trying to work your life from here. And you're looking at the donkey right in front of you. You just got to like, you need that gift. When some people come to the room, they're just like, well, I wouldn't think of it like rejection. I would think of it like the purification. Well, maybe God wants to give you an upgrade on your friends, but he's got to delete the old hard drive first. Yeah. Come on. Now there's just somebody who thinks different. You just need that. Some people, 
you have the, the, the gift of like, when you come into a room, it's just like you, a grenade rolls in and everything that was on the shelf in proper order is no longer there when you leave. And there's not enough moms in the world to clean up after you. You might be great in chaos, but I'll tell you, nothing is where it should be when you leave. And it's not a really great gift, you know, now that I think about it, but my daughter, Ailish, I'm just bragging my kids up because I can't. My daughter, Ailish, you know what? She, she has an anointing. She comes in and all of a sudden everything's kind of put in order behind her. And, you know, we first started the church plant, you know, uh, Pastor Aaron and I, we did like everything, you know, or we're just doing everything all the time. And, and I used to, because I still put the service orders together, but I used to send an email out to all the worship team and production stuff. But every week I would forget somebody because I still don't know how to make a group email. I don't have a clue. I think Renee did it for me finally one time. That's why I hired Renee because she organizes my entire life. But you know, my daughter, you know when, because every week I'd see somebody at church and their feelings would be all hurt. And I'm just making this up. We all heard like, how come I didn't get the email this week? I'm like, it's not because I don't love you. It's because I just can't think straight when I'm like, now who's on this list? Layden. I'm just like making it up as I go. And I can't, and I always forget somebody. You know what I'm, how come I didn't get the list this week? Am I on, on, do you not like me? I'm like, no, I love you. I just, I did forgot to put your name in the thing. And so I'll tell you though, you know, when everybody started getting their emails, one day I'm, I'm working in my office and Ailish is there. I'm like, Hey, would you mind sending this to, she's like, okay, <laughs> never a problem after that. That's good delegation, everybody. That's good leadership. No, it's just this thing where she's got a gift of bringing, she cares so much. She cares about the tests that she writes at school. Like she's got five tests coming up and she gets like worried about it. She studies all the time and gets like, a, you know, 98 on everything. Not me, man, not me going to school. I, you know, every time I see her working so hard, I say the same thing. I'm like, your phone does all of that stuff. And I hate to tell you this, but when you're out of school, you're never gonna think about it again. Come on, same man, venue church. Your phone can do all that crap. You're like, you don't need to know. <laughs> great, great parenting. Um, some of you, when, when we walk into a room, there's 99 things that God is doing that's great in your teenager, but you see the one thing that's not there yet or in your husband or in something, the one job that's not finished yet. You did 99 things, but you just cannot, but see, by the time you work out that other thing, then there's two more things. And you're just always, you're trying to work out all the bugs in your life and you miss the joy of your life because you're just too fussy about the one thing. And, and, and you know, my daughter, Arwen, you know what she does? She comes in, she doesn't, she gets to the one thing by getting to all the other things first. She's like, Hey, this is really great. This is really great. And why don't we just like erase that thing or help along with that? And she can swim in waters with fish that bite and she does great. She enjoys it. She works at a daycare and kids actually bite her. She had to write up an incident report because the kid bit her like, Hey, I like you. Or, she got hit in the face one time by a kid who just got too excited about something. Had to get a new pair of glasses. There's this, but she just works with kids. and like, you know, make a good pastor one day. Bitey sheep. There's just this thing that she, anybody ever like pastor Aaron when she comes into the room? And she brings like a love of animals. She does all the spiritual stuff too. That's great. But like, if you know, pastor Aaron, it's animals. It's like, Oh, babies. It's always a, an animal is always a baby, right? I'm like, yeah, I was a tiger, man. You don't want to snuggle that thing, man. There's just this thing that you bring into the room with you. What do people, what do people, what do you, you're transporting things to people. Somebody is using you to do it. 
Somebody. You're either being ridden by Jesus or by the enemy. You're son to bring things into people's lives. It's very confusing for some of us because some days Jesus is riding and some days the enemy is riding and we keep going back and forth. And then we like have to make up ground that we lost yesterday because we just had a bad day and we started going in this direction instead of that direction. And we just get confused with the, the there is something that, that is using you, somebody is using you with an agenda to bring things into people's lives and then to bring people with you somewhere. You watch the news and you're like, it's just information. I need to stay informed. There is an agenda happening in the world. Maybe you don't know this. There's an agenda happening. Why don't you read the agenda in the word of God? I think thoughts of good towards you. I know what I think he said. Thoughts of good, not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I know how to get you to your destiny. I know how to, you're like, but the Bible doesn't understand the horrible things happening in the world. Just try reading the Bible. That's all I'm going to say about that. Because this is the least of all the things that happened in the Bible. And so it says, where are you taking people? You know, church people, I got to say it, like hateful church donkeys don't take people to Jesus. You take people somewhere, but it's not to Jesus. And maybe instead of getting upset about all the things you're upset about in the world and government and everything, like, of course, they're just doing the best they can, but it's flesh. They're dealing with flesh. You can only get the results in the flesh. But if the enemy divides the church over masks or vaccines, or anything, then he's got a free shot at the rest of the nation. You can't be divided over stuff that... Read the Bible and do what the Bible says. That's it. Come together in the house of God. Decide we're going to be in unity with each other. We're not going to leave our neighborhoods unprotected because we're mad about this thing. You know what? You can't be a hateful donkey and bring people to Jesus. You can't. When was the last time you forgave somebody who made a bad decision that you're suffering with? Did you know? Watch this, watch this. Why don't you forgive and bless them? Bless your enemies. Do good to those who use you. Did you know that the way that God gets into the world around you is for bad things to happen to you? Just hold on. I'm going to give you a different, I'm going to give you a Katie thought that you never thought of before. Maybe the reason that you work there, maybe the reason that this stuff is coming down on you is because The Holy Spirit can't get to them unless something bad happens to you and you forgive them and then the Holy Spirit gets to them. You ever think about that? That's that's what Jesus did, everybody. We put him on a cross and he forgave us before we were even born and did the stupid things that put him on the cross. And there's still this sense of like, hey, if there's nothing to forgive, there's no Holy Spirit coming back. Oh, that's good. It's the Holy Spirit. I can't really take much credit for this. What kind of a donkey is Jesus looking for? There's one word I want you to key on this Christmas season. Um, Paul says in second to the Corinthians, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the Holy Spirit is actually speaking. He says, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. He's like, stop being Eeyore and be Tigger. You know, like, behold, all things have become new. You don't have to be old donkey anymore. Hateful donkey, taking people with judgment and like, no, mercy, forgive, love, bless. Take all the time you're spending thinking about how bad people are, praying for them. Like, you're going to take all the energy anyways just being negative and weird. Why don't you just take it all and be positive and be like, Shandala, come on. (laughs) We're Holy Ghost Church, by the way. Man, you need need the Holy Spirit inside of you. Just be like, God, and bless them. We forgive, we let go, we love, we bless. I pray, Father, for the... When was the last time you prayed for the soul of Mr. Kenny? Dr. Henshaw, Alberta, can I say it? Prime Minister Trudeau, 
Yeah, but when was the last time you prayed for his family? Well, maybe he just needs people praying for him instead of people judging him all the time. You know, come on. There's this thing like yeah, the church can't be divided. We know our job on this earth. We're supposed to be donkeys. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Get that word reconciled, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? It's not a word we use much. Reconciliation is like two things are enemies, and now they're reconciled. Sometimes that happens in, your, in the same brain, you know, like you're in an enemy with yourself. You know, like your part of you wants to do what God wants, and part of you... Okay, but reconciliation is when I take my two daughters, and I'm like, get along with each other, come back to relationship. So... So God creates, so why does Jesus need to reconcile? Because God created a, a garden of Eden, a paradise. Adam and Eve were like, thank you very much. We decided we want to have a different dad now and invited the devil into it. And so now, ever since then, the human race has been part of the enemy's family. And so God sends Jesus to be heaven's donkey to bring you back to this family. But this is what happened with the donkey. He brought salvation and peace down, brought you back, adopted you into this family, and then he went back and paid the price for it. Why do you think the bad things are happening in your life right now? Because you need to be the donkey that Jesus rides into the life. Well, somebody got to stay in there, pay the price. Do you want your unsaved boss to pay the price? Come on, we are well able to look. Anything can be done to a Christ follower, and we forgive and we let go, and God can heal anything yes. we live they can't be healed you can't be healed of some of the stuff that people do unless you belong to jesus it's the only power that can heal you and actually I, I, you'll, you'll still think about it sometimes but one day you'll look back and you'll be like all that suffering is now moving me into my destiny and it didn't stop me it actually pushes me where i need to go and now i can help other people who used to be like that person was he says, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to, him, to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Your words need to be bringing people together, connecting people with people and people with God, right? That's our purpose. He says, now then, we are ambassadors, that's a glorified uh, version of a donkey, for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become, that we might become right with God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin. And God wants you to do that in a little way this week. And we're like, but it's not fair. And he's like, you want what's fair? We're like, no. We want heaven. We want connection. We want forgiveness. Well then, be the donkey. You have to come to grips with our mission, Christ follower. If, if God used Jesus as heaven's donkey, then Jesus needs you to be his donkey. I'm going to read the, the account. I'm going to be preaching in this series about Joseph, who is really his family's donkey. Can you imagine Joseph? Can you imagine being married to Mary, the you know, mother of God, and then having Jesus? Like, it's a three-person race, and Jesus came in third, and, like, way... Come on now. Or Joseph came in third. Like, if you're Joseph in that, and you're, like, marrying Jesus, like... Whew. He was a facilitator for what God did in the world, and he had no problem with it. Watch what he does. Because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem, 
David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. Okay, he's got to travel with a pregnant girl. You do it. I'm not doing that. How would how would they get there? They're probably not going to walk. So is she going to be riding a donkey? You want to say you want to induce labor, or Sam? You want to induce? You want to have that baby sooner? Ride a donkey around, or you know, a cart that's being pulled by a donkey. I mean, watch, watch this though. See, there was a census being taken that Rome called for. That Joseph, right now, he could be like, first of all, like, she's pregnant, and I have to explain this somehow to people. But it wasn't me. And there's a census that's been called, while she's pregnant, that we got to go to Bethlehem. And that is, like, not the time to go traveling. And it's hugely inconvenient for him. But most of the Bible scholars are like, why is there a census being taken right then, if not to record Jesus? And not to record that Joseph was in Bethlehem, a descendant of David. And if not to... The things that are going around that seem super inconvenient to you, God is at work in that play. You're just looking at the donkey's rear end in front of you. There's something greater going on. It says Joseph goes there in this huge inconvenience. While they were there, the time for the, her baby to uh, the time came for a baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available to them. Don't pass over that. Don't pass over that. You know why Jesus might not be born into your situation yet? Into your teenage problems yet? Into your work yet? Into your friendships yet? You know why Jesus might not be born there yet? Because you're still angry at the innkeeper. You're still mad that there's no room for you at the inn. But even Jesus didn't need to be treated like the son of God at the time. They stayed in a stable where the animals were because Jesus was heaven's donkey. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve, to give his life a ransom for many. And this is where we stop demanding that we get treated like Jesus. And we actually just okay being treated like a donkey. Something happened this week. I went on a vacation last week, which was awesome. With Sean and Nassie. That was super fun. We came back. And uh, we're in the final stages of our building. It was super busy. And I had a thing happen, you know, I'm an electrician by trade. And I had the worst fire alarm verification that I've ever had. And I've done dozens of them, if not hundreds of them. And I had the worst one I ever had with the engineers over there because they missed stuff on their own print that I had to do. And while they're standing there watching me do it on verification day, I hate surprises, guys. They started talking down to me because their print missed something that I have to add now. Now, y'all engineers, you need to go get saved. <laughs> yeah. And we'll pray for you and we'll baptize you. We'll get you filled with the Holy Spirit so we can shut your brains off because they don't make any sense to anybody. <laughs> I was frustrated. I put all this extra time in and I preached a first Wednesday service and I had basically just about another week added in there of working and frustration. And then... I finally got a chiropractor on Friday. It was good. I got a massage. I was like, okay, my body's back to vacation mode. This is great. And then I got a conference call from three engineers who made me move it all again. It doesn't do anything different, guys. It's all the same stuff. Okay. And I was getting frustrated. 
I was getting angry because my expertise ought, ought to play into this and it wasn't my mistake. And then I finally realized in preparing this sermon, when my spirit is sweet, I'll invite anybody to church. I'll put up with anything when I remember that I'm just the donkey. We're not going into this building to be treated a certain way in town. The heck with that. We are there so that Jesus can ride in and save that little child that's gonna grow up in a broken home. To save that drug addicted person that has no other hope and is thinking of ending it. Jesus just needs a donkey and if a donkey's gotta be treated a certain way, then he's got nothing to ride into the lives of people. And I just realized, yeah, I'm going to give up the anger. and the, I'm just going to let it go and be like, hey, we'll do whatever we need to just get us into that building. Because when we get in there, the devil can't stop us. And I just want you today just to concentrate not on being treated like Jesus ought to be treated. You know, yeah, let Jesus be treated like Jesus. Let's just be the donkey.